Welcome to Zikhwad Asiman Memory Abraham Goldhai and Three Mosekas Tainas Dafyotas, the third parak Seder Tainios. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the opening mission of the third parak lists a variety of calamities other than drought that require fasting, such as pestilence, locusts, dangerous beasts, and armies passing through the land. It then states, I'll call Tsar Shilatabu for every trouble that should not befall the community, which Rashi explains to mean for every trouble that befalls the community. We cry out about them except when there's an abundance of rainfall. The Mishnah brings the famous story of Khani Amago who's asked the Dabin for rain. He told them to bring in the ovens that were used to roast the carbon Pesach so they shouldn't get ruined in the rain. When he was not initially answered, he drew a circle and stood inside of it and swore that he would not leave the circle until Kosh Baruch's children were answered. Eventually, when significant rains fell, he was asked to stop dubbing, and he refused to do so, unless there was terrible flooding. Shimon Meshatok sent him a message that if he were not Choni, he would decree excommunication on him, but what can he do? For Hashem fulfills his request, like a son who misbehaves towards his father, he gets what he desires. Pointing to Rabbi Hanina identifies the difference between a food shortage and a famine. He said, If the price of wheat is so expensive that one saw costs one sala, but there's ample wheat, then it's considered a food shortage. But if the price of wheat is cheap, that four saw can be purchased for a sella, but wheat is not in abundance, then it's considered a famine. Rabbi Yochan said that this applies when when money is cheap and the produce is expensive. But when money is costly, meaning people are poor, even if produce is cheap, we cry out immediately for Yochanan said that he remembered when four saw were sold for one sawa, which is the average price, yet there were people that were hungry in Tiberia because they had no money to purchase food. Beep, 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 beep. And point number three was taught in the Bryce of Pamachas, all call Yisrael the regal Yushalayim, it happened one time that all Israel went up to Yushalayim for the regal and due to a drought, they had no water to drink. A very wealthy Jew named Nakdimon Ben-Gurion went to a Gentile nobleman and asked him to lend him 12 wells of water for the pilgrims to drink, and they'll pay back 12 wells of water within a certain amount of time. Rush explains that he was depending on rainfall to fill the wells to repay him. If he couldn't pay back in time, he promised him 12 talents of silver. When that day arrived and no rain had fallen, the Gentile went to the bathhouse in joy, anticipating the monies he would receive. Nakdimon went to the base of Migdash and Dovind, and the clouds came and rain fell. When the Gentile came outside, he claimed that the sun had already set before the rain had fallen. Nakdimon re-entered the base of Migdash, Dovind, and said, Rebona Shalom, Make it known that you have beloved ones in your world. Immediately the clouds dispersed and the sun shone through, proving it was still day. So once again, the three points are number one. The opening mission of the third pair lists a variety of calamities other than drought that require fasting, such as pestilence, locusts, dangerous beasts, and armies passing through the land. It then states, For every trouble that should not befall the community, which Rashi explains to mean, for every trouble that befalls the community, we cry out about them except when there's an abundance of rainfall. The mission brings the famous story of Choni Amago, who was asked to dumb for rain. He told them to bring in the ovens that were used to roast the carbon Pesach so they should not get ruined in the rain. When he was not initially answered, he drew a circle and stood inside of it and swore that he would not leave the circle until Kashbarku's children were answered. Eventually, when significant rains fell, he was asked to stop davening, and he refused to do so unless there was terrible flooding. Shimon Shetak sent him a message that if he were not Honi, he would decree excommunication on him. But what can he do? For Hashem fulfills his request, like a son who misbehaves towards his father, he gets what he desires. Point number two, Rabbi Hinin identifies the difference between a food shortage and a famine. He said, If the price of wheat is so expensive 
that one saw costs one sella, but there's ample wheat, then it's considered a food shortage. But if the price of wheat is cheap, that four saw can be purchased for a sella, but wheat is not in abundance, then it's considered a famine. Rabbi Yochan said that this applies when malz bezo uperes bioker, when money is cheap and the produce is expensive. Avo malz bioker uperes bezo must be no emiyad. But when money is costly, meaning people are poor, even if produce is cheap, we cry out immediately. For Yochanan said that he remembered when four saw were sold for one sella, which is the average price. Yet there were people that were hungry in Tiveria because they had no money to purchase food. And point number three is taught in the price of Pam Achas Alu Kol Yisrael Regal Yishalayim. It happened one time that all went up to Yishalayim for the regal, and due to a drought, they had no water to drink. A very wealthy Jew named Nakdimon Ben-Gurion went to a Gentile nobleman and asked him to lend him 12 wells of water for the pilgrims to drink, and then I'll pay him back 12 wells of water within a certain amount of time. Rush explains that he was depending on rainfall to fill the wells to repay him, but if he could not pay back in time, he promised him 12 talents of silver. When that day arrived and no rain had fallen, the Gentile went into the bathhouse in joy, anticipating the monies he would receive. Nagdimon went to the base of Midrash in Daven, and the clouds came and rain fell. When the Gentile came outside, he claimed that the sun had already set before the rain had fallen. Nagdimon re-entered the base of Midrash Daven and said, Make it known that you have beloved ones in your world. Immediately the clouds dispersed and the sun shone through, proving it was still day. All right, so now we go to our Simmer W test, and our standard Simmer is a yacht. A yacht. So here goes. The yacht going around in circles as the captain was getting drenched in the rain sailed by an island that had suffered a food shortage and a famine until so much rain fell that it filled their 12 wells of water. Once again, it's slow motion. The yacht. Yacht. That must be more tough. You test. The yacht going around in circles as the captain was getting drenched in the rain, which reminds the mission to say that for every trouble that befalls the community, we cry out about them except when there's an abundance of rainfall. The mission brings the famous story of Chonia Mug who was asked to dump for rain, and he stood in a circle and swore that he wouldn't leave it until the proper rain fell. So the yacht going around in circles as the captain was getting drenched in the rain, sailed by an island that had suffered a fruit shortage and a famine, which reminds us the Gemara teaches what is the difference between a fruit shortage and a famine. So the yacht going around in circles as the captain was getting drenched in the rain, sailed by an island that had suffered a fruit shortage and a famine, until so much rain fell that it filled their twelve wells of water, which reminds us, we have the story of Nakdimon Ben-Gurion, who went to a Gentile nobleman and asked him to lend him twelve wells of water for the pilgrims to drink, and how he was able to pay him back twelve wells of water from a heavy rainfall before the deadline. So once again, the yacht going around in circles as the captain was getting drenched in the rain, sailed by an island that had suffered a food shortage and a famine, until so much rain fell that it filled their twelve wells of water. All right, now we go to our four block back Hazara. Dav Tezvav. So the summer Dav Tezvav is a fruit bowl. So here goes. The heavenly fruit bowls, fruit bowls, that must be more on Dav Tezvav, to Bishvat. The heavenly fruit bowls that were full of light and joy, which reminds us that Rav Nachman Yitzchak said that not everyone is zochet to light in Olam Haba, and not everybody is zochet to Simcha. Tzadikim will orav Yisharim with Simcha, Tzadikim will be zochet to light, and the upright will be zochet to Simcha. Rashi explains that the Yisharim are greater than Tzadikim, and that's why they're zochet to more. So the heavenly fruit bowls that were full of light and joy were unfortunately filled with ash to place on the foreheads of the leaders before the rest of the community, which reminds us that we put the ashes on the head of the Nasi and Abbasin before everybody else puts the ashes on their own heads. Even though Rebbe says, When it comes to matters of distinction, we begin with the most distinguished person. And in matters of curse times, we begin with the least distinguished person. Here, the placement of the ashes on the heads of the Nasi and Abbasin is a matter of prominence for them, because the people are essentially saying to them that the Nasi and Abbasin are chashim enough to ask for rachamim for all of them. So the heavenly fruit bowls that were full of light and joy 
were unfortunately filled with ash to place on the foreheads of the leaders before the rest of the community, who felt embarrassed, especially with ashes put in the place of their tefillin. Which reminds us, the ashes are put on the Nazis and Abbasin's heads, whereas everybody else puts the ashes on their own heads, because it's a greater humiliation for the prominent people to be humiliated by others. We also learn the ashes are put in the place of the tefillin. Dav Tezayin. So the similar Dav Tezayin is toes. So here goes. The sandal-wearing community with their toes exposed. Toes? That must be one Dav Tezayin. The sandal-wearing community with their toes exposed who gathered around the Aron outside on the public fast day with the ashes on their head, which reminds us that we learned the reasons for the various practices on a fast day, such as taking the Aron outside the public square, wearing sackcloth, and placing ashes on the head. So the sandal-wearing community with their toes exposed who gathered around the Aron outside on the public fast day with ashes on their head, listen attentively to the elderly Shulich Tzibor, who is skilled in the tefillahs, which reminds us that we learned all the qualifications for the Shulich Tzibor on a fast day. So the sandal-wearing community with their toes exposed, who gathered around the arn outside on the public fast day with ashes on their head, listened attentively to the elderly Shulich Tzibor, who was skilled in the tefillos, and responded amen in unison because they were not in the base of Migdash, which reminds us that the people respond amen after each of the six additional brachas, but they do not do so in the base of Migdash. Lefisha ain't owning amen by base of Migdash because we do not say amen in the base of Migdash. Instead, they respond Baruch Shem Kavod Daf Yudzayin, so the similar Daf Yudzayin is a used car salesman. So here goes. The used car salesman, used car salesman, that must be more on Daf Yudzayin. The used car salesman who unsuccessfully tried to sell a king and a gongado, a car as they left the barber, which reminds us, we learned that a male gets his haircut daily so he should always appear in his beauty. A gongado gets his haircut weekly so he can appear before the new Mishmar, Arab Shabbos, well groomed, and a Kohen has his haircut at least within 30 days, and we learned that from a Gezer Shabbat to Nazar. So the used car salesman who unsuccessfully tried to sell a king and a Kohen a car as they left the barber, went after a Kohen with long hair, who passed by knowing he could always get a quick haircut when needed, which reminds us the reason that it's not prohibited nowadays for a Kohen to grow his hair long, even though the prohibition of Nazar still applies today, is that the Pusik juxtaposes the Kohen growing his hair to the Yisra of Shisui Yain, of getting drunk. Just as that Isra only applies during this month of the base of Mikdash, so to the Isra of a Kohen growing his hair long only applies during this month of the base of Mikdash. And when the Gemara points out that according to the Rabban, a Kohen is still prohibited to drink wine nowadays, it explains that the reason is that when the temples were built, well, Nikohanim were ready to perform the avoda, and this would exclude a Kohen that had drunk wine. In the case of long hair, the Kohen could easily get his hair cut quickly and begin the avoda. So the used car salesman who unsuccessfully tried to sell a king and a congado a car as he left the barber went after a cone with long hair who passed by knowing he could always get a quick haircut when needed and was trying to walk off the effects of too much wine. Which reminds us the reason why corner of the bun and the issue of drinking wine still applies for a cone is that if the base of Migdash is rebuilt, the drunk cone won't be able to do the avoda. And while a journey of a meal and a little sleep takes away the effect of drunkenness, that's only if he had a revius or a less. But if he had more, traveling and sleep will make him feel worse. Daf Yudches, so the symbol Daf Yudches is a chuppah. So here goes. The special victory chuppah, chuppah, that must be more Daf Yudches. The special victory chuppah that was placed over a symbolic tamid offering, eating cheesecake on the 8th of Nisan, which reminds us that Miguel's Tanis lists the 8th of Nisan twice, once for the victory over the Baitosim regarding the Tamid, and once for the victory over the Tzedukim regarding the correct dating of Shavuos. The reason why it's listed twice that it's a date forbidden for one to give a husband on is that if for some reason the Chamim see a need to fast on one of the first seven days of Nisan, then the 8th would be Batu as well since it's part of that group celebrating the same occasion. Therefore, we learn that it's still forbidden to give a husband on the 8th of Nisan due to the victory regarding Shavuos. 
So the special victory chuppah that was placed over a symbolic tamid offering, eating cheesecake on the 8th of Nisan, featured dangling thumbs and toes, which reminds of the 13th of Adar is the day of Nicanor, when the Gaivetic Greek governor waved his hands over Yehud and Yishalayim seeking to destroy was killed by the Chashmanayim, and his thumbs and toes were cut off and hung on the gates of Yishalayim. So the special victory chuppah that was placed over a symbolic tamid offering, eating cheesecake on the 8th of Nisan, featured dangling thumbs and toes, and a piñata shaped like the head of a Roman governor for little kids to smash. Which reminds us, the 12th of others, the day of Torianus, who killed the two innocent brothers, Lianus and Papas of Lod, and was avenged on the same day when two Roman officials came with an edict to kill him, and they split open his head with clubs. All right, that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Ron Golden Zichur, wishing you a great day and great learning.